My title to us this morning is, What is Your Primary Burning Desire? What is your primary burning desire? Maybe your primary burning desire is to be rich. You want to have a large bank account. Maybe you want to own some real estate property. And, or you have a prosperous business and so your primary burning desire is to be rich. Or maybe your primary burning desire is to help less fortunate, the sick, the shut-in, children who are in defects, or some individuals who are in the nursing homes, the shut-in, you name it. Your primary burning desire is to help the less fortunate. Or maybe your primary burning desire is to have an important job. You want to be a lawyer, doctor, an engineer, you name it, a, 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 a computer analyst programmer, or a great pastor. Maybe your primary burning desire is to have a good relationship with your wife, your children, your husband. Things aren't going so well at home, and so your primary burning desire is to have a good relationship with your wife, the husband, the children. Or maybe your primary burning desire is to have a good education. You want a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or a PhD. And so, your primary burning desire is to have a good education. As we consider Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 today, we see that Paul's primary burning desire was to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, his, of, his, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. Paul was not thinking of any secular desire. Paul was not thinking of any emotional desire. Paul was not thinking of any physical desire. Paul was not thinking of any financial desire. Paul was not thinking of any material desire. Paul was not thinking of any psychological desire. But Paul, he was thinking of a spiritual desire. Paul's desire was to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in sufferings, and, be and becoming like him in his death. Paul wanted to experience an experience that, that he had never experienced before. The question is, believers, what is your primary burning desire? Is it to know Jesus Christ? Paul knew, Paul knew, he could, know, he could not know Christ in the flesh under the law. Paul showed what he had gained in the flesh under the law was vastly inferior to what he had found in Christ Jesus. Paul knew that what he, what he had because of his status, his heritage, his education, could never measure up to what he had found in Christ. Paul has found a peace that the law could not give. Paul had found grace that the law did not understand. Paul had found mercy that the law could not fathom. Paul had found salvation that the law could only lead, lead us to. Saul, as he was called before his conversion, of Tarsus would have been the most popular and the most eligible person to receive the Man of the Year award 
if that was given away in those days. Saul was an outstanding example of Judaism that had been produced in that generation. Even as a young man, he had, gained, he had demonstrated such skill in Old Testament scripture, such devotion to his religion and such zeal for God. Saul attained so much in which to glory over the rest of the nation, wants to show that, that as much as he had gained under the law, that is vastly inferior to what he had found in Jesus Christ. Believers, your great jobs, your wealth, your popularity, your prestige, your power, the glory, all these things are vastly inferior to what we have in Christ Jesus. Your $50,000 or $75,000 or $100,000 a year job is nothing compared to what we have in Christ Jesus. Your home, your $100,000 home, your $200,000 home, your $300,000 home, your $400,000 home cannot be compared to what we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What we have, what we have found in Christ gives us peace that the world riches could never give us. What we have found in Christ gives us joy that no pleasures on earth could ever give us. What we have found in Christ gives us satisfaction that only comes from an intimate, personal, <coughs> personal relationship with the Lord of this universe. We must realize, we must realize in Christ we have found the Prince of Peace. We have found a wonderful counselor, the everlasting Father, Jehovah Provider, Jehovah our healer, a water in dry land, a bridge over troubled waters, a friend to the friendless, a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless, a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom, a shelter in this time of storm, a rock in weary land, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, a balm in Gilead, a savior, the redeemer, <coughs> the redeemer, therefore, your big job, your big home cannot be compared to what we have in Christ Jesus. The question is, what is your primary burning desire? What is your primary burning desire? Paul, Paul was circumcised on the eighth day. That shows he was born in a home that honored the Old Testament scripture. And his parents were meticulous in all of his observances. The physical, the physical circumcision served to identify Paul as part of the Jewish nation. He was from the stock of Israel. Paul was saying, I'm a physical descendant of Abram, but not as Ishmael, Esau, descendants of Abram who were excluded from the promises. He was in the direct line of the promise from Abram to Isaac to Israel. Such was his heritage. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe held to the fulfillment of God's promise that there would be a king in Judah. When the ten tribes abandoned the promises of God and followed, and followed, false, and followed, um, 
false kings. The tribe of Benjamin joined with the Judah in the southern kingdom because they held to the promises of God. The men of Benjamin were known as mighty men of valor and battle. When young Jewish men went into battle in the Old Testament period, they would say, men of Benjamin first and we will follow. They wanted the Benjamites to be first into battle <coughs> because of the recognized bravery of these men. Paul said, I had the privilege of being a Benjamite. Paul talked about his manner of life. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He knew the Hebrew language, the Hebrew culture, and the Hebrew customs, although he was living in a Roman world. They were meticulously strict in every area of life. And Paul was saying, I was one of the strictest persons, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Paul said he was a Pharisee. Paul was one who held to the strict observances of all ordinances of Judaism concerning, concerning ritual purity. Paul was scrupulously carried out, carried out, carried out religious duties such as tithing and a ceremonial washing of feet. Paul was one who held to, to the Old Testament scriptures in a literal and strict sense as he understood them. Paul, he was also a zealot. He hated those who did not follow the law in a strict sense. In Gal Paul in Galatians 3, in Galatians chapter 1, 3, sorry, sorry, Galatians chapter 1, 13 and 14, Paul talked how intensely he persecuted the church of God. And that as, at his age, there was no one who was more zealous than he was. Paul's persecution of, a, of the church showed his commitment to the nation of Israel and the law. Paul concluded in the latter part of verse 6 that concerning righteousness under the law, guess what? He was faultless. He was blameless. Paul was saying when it comes to the law, he was blameless. However, Paul went on to say in verse 7, All this I consider a loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, After I've evaluated my past life to what I presently have in Christ, it cannot be measured. Paul affirms his, <coughs> his evaluation in the first part of verse 8. Paul was saying, I've evaluated my past life in verse 7. Of, of my past life, it is a proper appraisal and a good decision. In the latter part of verse 8, Paul used more striking terms to describe his past life. Paul said, my past life was what? Rubbish. Rubbish. What he considered to gain, to, as gain in, in, in the past is now rubbish. Dung, leftover food. And Paul was saying, I don't need that anymore. Before, before you had a personal relationship with Christ, your primary burning desire may have been to amass as much wealth as possible. Or maybe your greatest, your, 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 you wanted to be the greatest scientific mind that discovered the cure for cancer. Or maybe your, your desire was to climb the corporate ladder and be the best executive there were. Or maybe your desire was to 
be the best parents you, 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 to your children. But compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, it is all but rubbish. Ladies, maybe you wanted to be like Mother Teresa, to help the world with its social hill. Or maybe, men, you want to be like <coughs> Tiger Woods, who have, who have broken numerous records and set the golfing world on edge. But all this compared to knowing Christ Jesus is nothing. Paul was saying, I don't need to live my life according to the letter of the law or according to the, to the Judaistic way because it is rubbish. I have someone greater. I have someone superior. I have Jesus Christ. I don't want any leftover food. I don't want this rubbish because I have the bread of heaven. Listen, believers. Listen. So, so Paul was saying, so being a person who circumcised on the eight days is not necessary. Being, from the, being an Israelite is not necessary. Being from the tribe of Benjamin is not necessary. Being a Hebrew of the Hebrews is not necessary. Being a Pharisee is not necessary. What is necessary is the fact that I must know Jesus Christ. Do you want to know him this morning? Do you want to know him in a personal and intimate way? What does it mean to know Christ? What does it mean to know Christ? To know Christ does not mean to know about Him. To know Christ does not mean to have an idea of who He is. To know Christ means to have a personal, intimate relationship with Him. To know Christ means to know His ways and, and, to, and identify with Him. Although, although you have accepted Christ by faith, it does not necessitate that you know the man Christ Jesus. Although you are a born again believer, <coughs> it does not mean that you know Jesus Christ. Although you have been sanctified and baptized, it does not mean that you know Jesus Christ. Although you might be saved for 5, 10, 15 20, 25 years, 30 years, it does not mean that you know Jesus Christ. Some Christians believe that once they have obtained salvation in Christ, then there's nothing else to pursue. Such a believer remains in a state of infancy. Although Paul was in chains when he wrote this letter, he, he, he wanted to know Christ more. Although Paul wrote 13 letters, 13 epistles, Paul still wanted to know Christ in a more personal and intimate way. Paul did not want to remain in a state of infancy. Paul just did not want to be an immature Christian. Paul did not want to accept Christ and say, yes, I'm secure in Him and yes, everything is okay. No, Paul wanted to know Christ and to know Him intimately. What is your primary burning desire? Is it to know Jesus Christ? Is it to know him in a personal and intimate way? Paul was saying, I gave up everything in which I had found my standing in Israel. I gave all that I counted treasure and held dear because of the superior work there is in knowing Christ Jesus. Paul was saying, my desire previously 
was to found acceptable when tested by the Mosaic law. But now, the consuming passion of my life is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want to know him intimately. I want to know him experientially. And I want to know him continuously. Continuously. Let me repeat it. Paul was saying, my desire previously was to found acceptable when tested by the Mosaic law. But now, the consuming passion of my life is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. I want to know him intimately. I want to know him experientially. And I want to know him continuously. The question is, what is the consuming passion of your life? What is the consuming passion of your life? When you're going about your daily business, what consumes you? Is it to know the man Christ Jesus? Is it to know Jesus? What is your primary burning desire? Not only did Paul want to know Christ in a personal, intimate way, but he, but he also want, wanted to know the power of his resurrection. Paul was saying, I want the resurrection power that is available to me from him to be operating daily in my life. I want that power that brought him to resurrection to be working in me. Believers, believers, when Christ died, we died in him. When he was resurrected, we were resurrected in him. That same power that brought Christ to life also brought us to eternal life. Romans 8 tells us that that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. But I believe at times we live a defeated life. At times we live a life as if Christ is not alive. We live a life as if Christ is still in the tomb. That the stone is not rolled away and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So believers, stop living a defeated life. The same power that comforted Paul while, while he was in chains, when he penned this letter, dwells in us. That same power that helped the disciples to overcome the resistance of Judaism dwells in us. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is operating daily in my life and in your life. We ought to stop living a defeated life. We have the resurrected Christ. Christ is, is alive and well. But we live a defeated life. Most of the times, we live a defeated life as Christians. We worship God as if He's still dead. We worship Him as, he, as if He's still dead. We allow situations and problems to determine how we worship the Savior. We allow things to dictate our, uh, how, how, we allow things to dictate how we live our lives. Believers, that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So when we come here on Sunday morning, don't feel too intimidated to raise your hand or to shout and lift our hearts to our Lord and Savior. We can remember in the Old Testament when, when, when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, Miriam, after they crossed the Red Sea, and the others, they worship and praise Almighty God. They worship God. We ought to worship Him because He's alive and well. He's alive and well. 
Let's worship him because he's alive. We're not serving a dead Christ. That same power that rose Christ from the dead, guess what? Dwells in our hearts. What is your primary burning desire? Is it to know the man Christ Jesus? There was a third burning desire Paul wanted to experience. That is the fellowship of sharing Christ's suffering or the fellowship with Christ that suffering produces. When the Lord Jesus was on earth, he suffered for the sake of righteousness. And Paul wanted to participate with him in this suffering. After Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, the Lord directed Ananias to go to Paul. One of the reasons the Lord gave Ananias for sending him to Paul was this. For I will show how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Acts 9 verse 16. Paul had not drawn back from this suffering. In fact, the book of Philippians was written several years <coughs> after his conversion. And even then, even then, Paul was still considering a privilege to fellowship in the sufferings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Believers, let me share something with you. Once you name the name of Christ, you will suffer. Am I clear? Once you name the name of Christ, you will suffer. I'm not talking about having a headache or your children being sick or losing some money because you did not follow, you did not, you did not plan properly or losing your job. I'm talking about when you name the name of Christ and people ridicule and persecute you because of your position. I'm talking about when you're doing the way of the Master and sharing the gospel to a lost and dying world, but you're being called or being told that you're a fanatic for Christ. Listen, if we are, if we are not suffering as believers, we need to question our Christianity. Am I clear? If you are not suffering for the sake of Christ, we need to question if you are saved or not. Because once you are born again believer, guess what? You will suffer. Once you have accepted Christ by faith, you will suffer. You will suffer. Paul suffered. Peter suffered. Stephen suffered. Silas suffered. And we also as Christians, we will suffer. In, in, in 1 Peter 4, verse 13, it tells us that we must rejoice in the fact that we participate in the sufferings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter said we ought to rejoice. Believers count it a privilege 
to suffer for Christ. Look what he has done for us. He went on Calvary's tree and died on the cross. He suffered so that you and I can have life eternal. So when you're going through some difficulties, when you're naming the name of Christ and you're suffering, count it a privilege to suffer for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is your primary burning desire this morning? What is consuming you this morning? Is it to know the man Christ Jesus? Is it to know him in a personal and intimate way? As I've said before, Paul wanted to know Christ personally and intimately. He wanted to experience the power there is in Christ's resurrection. Paul wanted to be brought into fellowship with him through sufferings he imposes to the end. Paul went on to say, I want to become like him in his death or to be conformable unto his death. When Paul says, I want to become like him, he was saying, I want my life to be transformed and conformed into the image of our Lord and Savior. I don't want to live my life according to this world system. I don't want to live my life that is controlled by the sinful ways of this world. I need to set myself apart and live for the glory of God. Paul was saying to the Philippians, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul was saying, it is not I anymore. I want to become like him. I want God to control my life. Do you want to be like him? Do you want to be transformed and conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What is your primary burning desire? Is it to know the man, Christ Jesus? Paul's primary burning desire was to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. My primary burning desire is to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. The question is, what is your primary burning desire? Is it to know the man, Christ Jesus? Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for who you are. Father, maybe we came here this morning and our primary burning desire wasn't to know the man Christ Jesus. Maybe we have we had other things that were consuming our life. 
But Father, we pray that as we have heard your truth, and Father, we pray that now that we have heard your word, we might apply your truth to our life. Father, pray that you might consume us. We pray that we might not leave the same way we came. But now that we have heard your truth, we might be changed individuals. Thank you, Lord. May you be exalted and be glorified. We give you thanks because you're worthy. For his name's sake. Amen.
for you, Lord Jesus, for you.